Hey, Adam. Yeah. How's your computer doing? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't help it. Wait, is, is that the intro? I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. We have fun. We have fun. <laughs> so if we keep that in, well, we have to keep that intro because we're not redoing it. No. But that's that's always funny when we stop and one of us thinks, oh, we're going to redo the intro. Yeah. Which, now that part we occasionally do. We don't really edit anything else. No. I mean, unless, we, unless there's some kind of legal reason we have to edit. Yeah. Right. Uh, we do... Uh, yeah, unless we like give away personal information to <laughs> friends and family, which we've done before live on air. Uh, but if we, uh, we we improvise everything on the show, obviously it's not scripted or else it would be much, much better. Well, at least tighter at least. Yeah, yeah. At, but at uh, the intro is when we're specifically trying to be funny or witty or throw the other one. And those are usually when it all goes off the rails. Yeah. So, but well, you know what? We never do more than uh, two or three. Hundred. <laughs> <laughs> See, we scripted that. All right. Good. What are we talking about today? Uh, I forgot. Oh, seven, I don't have my computer. <laughs> seven. Wa- so what's happening? A little behind the Ugh. scenes thing. Adam's been having some computer problems, and he keeps. Ryan, go get the bourbon. <laughs> he only. He refers to him. He refers to it as a computer problem, like there's something wrong with this model, like it's old, or like there's some it sort of old. defect in it. Yes, he, he'll say everything, and then occasionally he mentions what is likely the main culprit which is that your cat threw up on your inside of your computer that perhaps is why it's <laughs> malfunctioning but you just sort of you just sort of blame the world for it. my computer's all messed up <laughs> apple way to go with your old model you know i can't blame the cat cat's too much of a part of the family i can't get that well, oh should. that's exactly when you blame what are you talking about I that's know. when you blame them hard when they're part of the family no, what happened was, is I, I, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I built a little writing studio for myself down in my basement, mm. and uh, I left my computer open because I was writing late into the night, and uh, the cat likes to sleep there on the chair by that little cat desk. nap, huh? little cat nap, <laughs> which is why uh, oftentimes my my bottom is covered in cat hair. Right. <laughs> when I come into work, bottom's here. covered in cat hair. Your computer's covered in cat puke. Well, yeah. The <laughs> other night, the cat just decided uh, didn't like whatever went down, and it came up. And, so you, uh, your cat's more of a Windows PC kind of kind of guy, apparently. I mean, I cleaned it up, <laughs> but uh, I told you, you got to open that bad boy up. Let 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 all that puke out. Oh, I'm about to open it up. <laughs> open up something. Anyway, uh, yeah. Shout out to Apple. <laughs> if you want to, for your non puke, <laughs> your, your non puke proof. Yeah, if someone could come up with a cat puke resistant <laughs> MacBook Pro, that would be very helpful for me. Thank so, you. So okay, so today we're talking about we're going to give the folks we're going to give you good folks seven ways to improve your soloing. You know, sometimes we fall off the rails, and then we like to come back on the rails and go next level. These are actionable tips. These are these are, and you know what? You're underselling it, but I like that. We're going to call them actionable tips, mm. and then people may realize by the end these are mind blowing, you know, manifestations of knowledge that are seismic in their development. But we'll see. It'll, maybe it'll be somewhere in between. It'll be somewhere in, the, in between <laughs> for, for sure. But I will say before we start the list, like what's cool about this list is you could really just take one of these things to your gig tonight or to your session tonight. Yeah. And think about like just one of these. Yeah. Just like this is what I'm going to do yeah. when I play. I'm just going to think about one of these uh, uh, items on our list here. And that will help your playing a lot. Just, yeah. just like kind of focusing what did you used to say? Simplify and isolate. Simplify and isolate, yeah. That's what this list is all about. Yeah, and I think these things are really, um, they're all about, 
you know, specific things within your musicianship. We're going to apply them and talk about them in terms of solo, solo improvisation. But now that I'm looking at it again, they're really just about enhancing. Like, I'm thinking about a classical musician taking some of these things. Because classical musicians are often better, I think, with their practice routine than, and, than jazz musicians sure. in that this element of simplify and isolate. Like, they're very much... Like they're not thinking about the chord changes. Like that's not going to get in their way. Yeah, you know? it, yeah. In a way, they have it a little easier because all the information is given to them. So, yeah. uh, but in another more accurate way, it's way way harder. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. They both have their. But I mean, th- there is a focus that that is kind of demanded just to to play that music and then to say, okay, now I know this melody. Like how let me really work on the lyricists, whereas we can get caught up in like, let me work on another way to play through these changes. Let me right, try right, another. Right. And true. sometimes you got to best bam. So yeah. Definitely, you can take any of these. You can take them one day a week. You can take one for a week, and then the next week, this would give you seven weeks of things, uh, but but I think there's a lot to work here. And number one, of course, is... Listen. I, I love to hear that. I love to listen to you say that. <laughs> the supple sounds of Adam Manis saying, listen. Listen. Yeah. Um, no, so this is number one for a reason, as always. Um, when you are soloing, when you are improvising, I mean, whether you're soloing solo piano, solo bass or with a big band. Listening is the most crucial thing that you can do always, um, but especially when you're soloing, especially when you're improvising, because it's, it's, first of all, it's helping you get ideas because you're reacting to things that are happening in the moment. Yeah. Right. So you're, you're there with the audience, you're there with your, your bandmates and you're, you're responding to what they're putting down, you're responding to sort of even just like the vibrations in the room sometimes can affect the way you might approach your solo. Um, but then also you're, you're hearing yourself in your place within the music. And yeah. I think that's another key thing there. That's great. So number two, and I'll, and I'll just kind of this segues right in because I was also thinking about listening to recordings and stuff. And so taking that to number two is to transcribe, transcribe other solos. Yep. Um, this is really, you know, w- one of the quickest ways to improve your soloing is by understanding and, and taking the knowledge from somebody else that can already do it better than you. And so I would just say to emphasize, you know, we've talked about this at length before we, we, we've done whole shows about transcribing, but uh, for this purpose, I would just want to emphasize is like learn the solo and then really think about applying concepts that you learn from that solo. Mm. B- bigger picture things than just licks and phrases. You'll get those two, of course, but to really improve your soloing, um, especially in the short term, I believe, uh, because sometimes like the vocabulary and stuff has to kind of seep into your playing over time. But we're talking about ways to improve your soloing now. Is like maybe even take a concept of a solo that you've transcribed already and see if you can apply it to your playing. So a lot of times I like to think about structural concepts and constructs of a solo. For sure. And then because you can apply that to any kind of solo. Like if you're trying to apply like how Charlie Parker plays the bebop scale or if he does over a B flat blues, you can only take that to B flat blues. It's and very it's so, specific. It's so specific. Yeah, yeah. But the big the great things there's so many things you can get from transcribing, but the great thing is I think these big picture ideas that that you can take and I mean an example is just sort of a general flow and arc of a solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not just the obvious one as far as build up and then climax and then at the end. But like maybe as you maybe you transcribed a solo that has multiple climaxes or climaxes early and then comes down and then goes really low or whatever it is, and see how you can apply that to anything that you're soloing, you know? For sure, because there there will be places you can, and you can simplify and isolate this concept as well, because you can pick just one thing. Like let's say I just want to pick 
the negative space of this great solo, right? Yeah. And just try to copy, you know, the soloist's use of space. Right? I hate going negative though, but but you're right. You're <laughs> you know, right. you know you're what right. I mean though. Like yeah. paying attention to how long between phrases happen yeah. uh, and how it shortens or lengthens or whatever they're doing, yeah. uh, or or maybe the range. Like sometimes. I'll be inspired when I hear someone start a solo in a surprising range and then work their way up yeah. or down at a certain point. And I'm like, wow, they went like way down into like the low baritone yeah. range during the peak of this solo. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's a great idea, you know? Yep. Uh, stuff like that. It could be anything. <clears throat> dynamics, whatever. Just pick one thing and see if you can uh, ape that. Yep. Good stuff. All right. Uh, number three, learn tunes and phrases in different keys or even whole solos. This yep. is crucial part of growth uh you can't really play something unless you can play it in all keys you know right forwards and backwards retrograde uh in foreign language no no we don't take it that far not that far but yeah. i mean i think it really is uh it's it's not overstated that it's an important part of the process of being an improviser because there are just situations every single set that require something from most keys you know yep. maybe you're not playing a tune in b but there's going to be a moment in every gig or every set where you've got to deal with the key of b in some yep. way so gotta gotta get that there you know and i think that um you know this this is the one that that you can improve <clears throat> improve your ear training which always improves your soloing sure. i mean when you combine this one with like the listening and transcribe now you're going to be able to start to play these ideas and these concepts that you're beginning to understand and actually apply them to your to your soloing sometimes like we can hear things and be like wow i want to play that but there's the technical side of it of course you know that you have to be able to execute on your instrument but then there's the even more difficult thing i would say which is the ear training uh, and having big ears, as we say, and really good ears. And, you know, practicing anything in different keys is one of the quickest ways to improve that. So true. Yeah. And also, just you, you mentioned the technical thing. I think, like, a hidden benefit of this, right, uh, is that you're going to fill in some gaps in your technique. Yeah. You know, when you practice on all keys, when you play in all keys, you, you're hearing in all keys, but you're also dealing with tricky things on every instrument in all keys. You know? Yep, so. absolutely. Okay, number four. Um, this is to, uh, this is of our seven ways to improve your soloing. Number four, um, be fearless. Okay. Now this is one I think that you can apply both in your practice and especially on the gig. And if you want to improve, you have to try things. So you have to get rid of fear. You have to check fear. You have to find some way, you know, through meditation or drugs or alcohol or sorry, no, don't, sorry, little, sorry, I can't say that. Little, don't listen to that at home. No. no, but you, you really have to find some way of, of dealing with your mental state so that you can play in a way that's fearless. And that's not, I'm the, I, you know, it's simple, but it's not easy. No, I this think. is actually one of the harder things because this requires some work on your life. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? it like, does. Because you have to be, in order to be fearless on the bandstand, you have to have some amount of fearlessness just in life. Absolutely. You have to be comfortable with that if absolutely. you're going to do it in front of a bunch but of I people. Do, I, absolutely. But I think that how we can use our mind to our advantage is to say, look, okay, yeah, it's hard to, to walk around without fear, but some situations are easier than others. And really, soloing is one of your lower risk things. Like to be able to, you know, say, I'm going to drive around and close my eyes and drive through the city without fear. That would be at the, at the very difficult scale yeah. because you're going to hit somebody, <clears throat> you might get killed, you might kill some. I mean, there's a lot of horrible things that can happen. To try something and to be fearless and to really go to the edge and, and, and even beyond 
in in a solo outside of you know a few has there ever been a life or death like no. of solo yeah it's not you know where like if you messed up you were going to be killed or somebody else was it's not mortal Put a gun fear to your head, play a great solo it's not mortal fear i think it's it's and this is where it could apply off the bandstand too it's more just fear of failure yeah that's what we're talking about we're talking about fear being fearless it's it's don't be afraid to fail because we're going to take, we, you know, if you're afraid to fail, you're not going to take risks. Yeah. You're not going to try to push yourself and it's going to be bad. But, but what happens is, yeah, absolutely. But if you can understand the benefits of it, I think then it becomes easier to see. Most people don't really understand the benefits. They, they're always thinking, let me work like their fear of failure is so acute that they're like, let me work out everything that I'm going to play yeah. so that I never appear to be failing. Right. So in, in doing that, they're actually, setting themselves up to fail because there's sure. no way you can like plan out your improvisation and make it sound spontaneous. No. So and there's you, no way you can actually execute it perfectly most of the exactly, time. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think that that this idea of like well let's turn it around then let's turn it on a, let's turn it on its head fear and say you know what actually I'm going to be fearful because I'm going to put myself into a difficult spot. I'm yeah. going to back myself into the corner and see if I can get myself out of it. Yeah. And just like if you're actually backed into a corner with somebody that's like physically trying to dominate you or something, your body will just like, you know, we're animals. You 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 will get powers in, in your body, you know, the hair will you know, you you're like fear, fear. Your fear, your body will get ready and will be and they've proven this will be able to do things and you'll be able to hit strength that you normally can't. Your adrenaline's running. I mean, it's a whole chemical thing that happens for sure and so we can use that when we're playing too but you have to be willing to put yourself in those kind of situations so maybe i didn't say this right by saying be fearless but like don't be afraid of fear you know and that's a way really a way that you can use to improve your solo i think it's spot on man i think this might be one of the more important uh things on this list as well yeah face your fears um all right well now we have number five just look at your computer you can see it I have oh, my, my little mini computer here. That is phone. a little mini computer. Um, yeah, I like number five. It's omit the bad parts of your solo. Breathe, take your time, only play the good stuff you know. Now, that sounds simplistic. <laughs> Just don't play bad is what you said. <laughs> Stop sucking so much. Yeah. Now, what did you mean by this, actually? Um, so th- this uh, this actually is it's kind of funny, but I really believe this. If you want to improve your soul in like tonight, like some of these, the, we're trying to do things that are quick, but they all require practice. But this is one that you literally can just do on your gig tonight without any improvement before the yeah. totally mindset. But what this is like is just being a little bit more thoughtful about what you're going to play and commit to playing less. So, so you're not going to play everything you can possibly play, but what's going to happen is the good stuff is going to have some room to breathe. Well, you know, uh, I think a part B to this too is something that I like to do every so often is, you know, ask yourself, am I about to play something I actually want to play? Exactly. Or is this just something, you know, I learned along the way and I don't even really like it? Yeah, you just know? sort of my muscle, muscle memory or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I should, why am I playing this? Right, I don't right. even want to play this. Yeah. yeah. It's like Muscles Meunier or Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And you're yeah. not alone in that. Everybody has those things yeah. that we just have developed and then we kind of make our way in the playing and then you hear it back and you're like, eh, why do I do that? But the thing is, like, this can really be combined with being fearless, too. Like, you, it sounds like you're being careful, but you're not. You're still going for stuff. You're just omitting the part the, the the kind of filler things it's like if you have a conversation with someone you can be very direct and like look at them and tell them what it is that you want to tell them yeah um, but if it's like a strong statement a lot of times we'll get into this thing of saying well um i'm thinking um and what what's you know, like kind of small talk or banter or whatever which is fine but but if, if you're really trying to make a statement omit that stuff and let there be silence mm. there's a band playing 
breathe that the breathing kind of forces you to have some silence and then you're going to be able to like kind of concentrate on really nailing and and putting your good your best foot forwards at the parts that you do play. And again that negative space is is super important. Think about if like a stand-up comic was just I'm going to tell a joke now and here's the punchline. Now here's the next joke. Now yeah. here's the next punchline. Isn't that great? I'm going to set this next joke up and here's the punchline for that right. one. I'm going to come back and retag it. That would suck. <laughs> right. You know, it's if if you watch a good stand-up, they have these like incredible they have an incredible uh, sense of timing. The Wait, great you're ones. saying the timing is a part of comedy? Okay. Come on, man. <laughs> okay, I gotta go, guys. <laughs> no, but it, 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 that, that's right. And also, like, if you think about it, the reason I think that people can do this tonight is that we're not saying, like, you have to vastly improve your soloing. What I'm saying is, like, your solo will vastly improve if all you do is just omit the lesser parts of it. So your percentage just went up because, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you still are who you are and you've got your phrases, but you're going to highlight the good ones and not just dribble-drabble in between. Just don't play anything. Yeah. And you're going to breathe and listen and chill. I like it. Okay. All right, number six is uh, interact with the drummer. Hey, yeah. that's no, nothing wrong with that. That That's probably, I think, interacting with anybody is good, but I think interacting with the drummer is you know for improving your playing and getting ideas exactly. is 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 the is the is the way to go. Well, I kind of borrowed this from that uh, the episode we did a couple weeks ago about the monk sheet. Yeah, you know, he said make the drummer sound good. Yeah, and I always think about this if I'm feeling a little stuck, I'll be like, you know what, I'm just going to make the drummer sound good right now, That's and right. that always works. It, like, does. it just it always does. just gets the band together and everybody up and yeah. it inter, you know engages the audience. It's uh, it's an easy pro tip to apply. Like yeah. you could do that tonight too. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I mean, I think that we, you know, we forget when we talk about ways to improve our soloing, it's like all about me, 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 me. Right. And to the audience, your solo is a culmination of everybody playing on stage. Now, if you're playing solo piano, it is me, 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 me. But other, if there's at least a duo, you know, it really isn't all about you. Yeah, you're the soloist. It's just like the quarterback on a football team. It's like, you know, they, they he, he or she gets all the glory, right. but... You know, it's a team effort. It really is. And so when they do a touchdown pass, it's not just him and the receiver. So it, that, from the audience perspective, you know, you I, I would even extend this beyond the drummer, just kind of latch on to and interact with whoever's the best. Yeah, actually, that's a great <laughs> point. Whoever's know, the best. Or whoever's the best at that moment, at least. Yeah, for you know, sure. No, that's a great that kind of thing. All right. Is that, uh, we, oh, we got one more. Number okay. Seven. So this one, I, I went a little deep on this, but I think, I always like to think about ways to improve that are away from our instrument because... Hold on, let me get my vape pen out. <laughs> there we go. Right. Um, we talk about all, you know, and all the things at our instrument and on the bandstand are important, but there's ways to improve uh, away from that. So this is to pay attention to the world and in particular, like art that's in the world. And there's, we always talk about different ways to be inspired and make connections between be it prose or theater or the cinema and all these things. But I love architecture and applying that to jazz solos because it's such a great reminder of like things that are important that we need to have in our playing that would vastly improve our playing if we just pay attention to it. So, you know, the, the simplest way to think about this, we're not going to have time to go through all of them. Maybe we'll do a whole show on it one time. But, but you know, a house or a building... You know, architects are very sort of pragmatic usually because they're hired. They're, they're not like a sculptor that's just like create whatever you want. Usually an architect is hired. Like there's a utilitarian side of it because people sure. are using it. They're craftsmen. They're craftsmen. And I like to think of jazz musicians kind of like that too. We have, of course, the art side. But like we're trying to create something in the moment that's usable by the listeners, right. you know, at least by us. And so like an architect can do a lot of crazy stuff and be creative. But at a certain point, you have to have a door. 
you got to have an entryway. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's kind of a requirement. If it's a Usually, building. Usually, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how else are you going to get in the sucker? And, well, like, well, think about that for a solo. Don't we have to have some entry point? It can be, you know, obscure. Oh, this is good stuff. It can be... Don't go too deep. Let's do uh, tomorrow's episode. Really? Let's do architecture. Seven ways that architecture can help your jazz plan. I think this is a good idea. It just happened. Yeah. Stay yeah. tuned for that tomorrow. But, hey, in the meantime, go to openstudiojazz.com. Check out all of our... Uh, cool courses by our cool hip cats. Wait, that was yesterday. That was yesterday. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, we have tons of great courses by folks like Diane Reeves, Peter Martin, Jeffrey Keezer, Christian McBride, Sean Jones, Gregory Hutchinson, Ruben Rogers. Tons of uh, awesome features. Uh, I'm up in there doing a bunch of stuff now Beachy for like basics. Lead. Popping, it's popping like a like a Orville Redenbacher popcorn bag pop, pop, pop. in my microwave, like a jazz piano popcorn explosion like a <laughs> yeah. jiffy pop on a stove but with right. bebop language no. that's right we're raising the price on that soon too i'm, I'm adamant about that are we i'm adam oh, okay yeah, well, it's too low until too tomorrow low. you'll hear it